Welcome to episode 17 of Winging It. Truly, madly, deeply. I'm not. Am I over it? I think I might be. Or not. Who knows? We'll find out when we discuss. Maybe it will open some wounds. Um, You've just got me in Heskiff this week. Yeah, sorry everyone. No Albert for Mm. undisclosed reasons. Yes, so we were going to record on Tuesday, if you remember our little admin session at the end of last week's pod. (laughs) Uh, And then Albert pulled out and said, can't do Tuesday anymore or Wednesday. And this is hot on the heels of, he took me out on a date last week. Um, He took me to a BAFTA screening of Ronnie O'Sullivan's documentary. How with, a Q, with a Q&A with the man himself, Ronnie O'Sullivan, and the director of the film. Sam Feld, maybe, was his name, I think. Very fancy. Mayfair Hotel in London. Oh, it's all very, very posh. He knows how to treat you, doesn't he? But he obviously weren't happy with our one date because he's been he's been me off. <laughs> he's like, I'm not interested. And But on the back of that being very fancy beer check is slightly different this week oh wow because i'm all posh now from the mayfair hotel so i've got mojito in a can (laughs) what a class act now this is simply because there's no beer in the fridge and there are mojito cans in the fridge i'm going to shield shield the bill players but these m&s mojitos in a can are pretty good oh yeah yeah, I, guess, like I guess I guess there's no untapped for mojitos in a can. No, well, I don't know. I have I have I haven't checked to be honest. I I highly doubt it, but I won't be putting it on there and ruining my profile. No, yeah, <laughs> it's just a ban. Yeah, judge me, judge me if you want, but it's pretty tasty. But if I remember correctly, Albert gave you some shit last week for missing the pod the week before. He did. He he gave me shit for going on holiday and not being able to do the pod whilst on holiday, <laughs> and I think the hubris got to him because not a, not not a week later, and he is nowhere to be found. Yeah, I, I'll I'll keep quietly strum with me going to South Africa for three weeks in January uh, to be dealt with at a later date. Mm. I am actually now looking through the championship fixtures just to see if Watford are playing at home but alas they are not so I can't (laughs) even I can't even give them that shit on the plus side uh, Millwall are losing 3-1 so that's fun nice Uh, and that is against Leicester isn't it so it is yeah yeah, they'll probably be coming straight back up where shall we start this week oh Frank Frank shown the door oh excellent (laughs) Frank the boar (laughs) <laughs> is out of a job again. I took to be fair, I didn't even notice he was. This is nuts though. It's now the fourth team he's managed and been done in fifteen games or under. Oh I was gonna ask how many games he had. So Al Jazeera, not the T V channel, I think it's maybe said slightly <laughs> differently. Look it, it says Al Jazeera. <laughs> Fourteen games. Netherlands fifteen games. Palace five games, Inter fifteen games. 
Jesus. I think how many payoffs he's had. <laughs> like it's worth just being shit. So you could just roll up for a, like a month. Just was Take really it. good once. Yeah. And then, you know, because he does get a bit of like a, a hard rap. You know, Pete seems to be, everyone just assumes that Ajax win everything all the time, which wasn't true when he'd got there. They hadn't won the league for six years or something. Yeah. So he did do a very decent turnaround there and then won the league maybe three or four years in a row or something. Um, yeah. Decent before record, going yeah. to Inter. Yeah. So he did do a good job there. But it's just been since then he's been shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think he only lasted 55 games in the MLS, so. Bloody hell. It's not good, is it? No, it's terrible. Mm. Do do you reckon, law of averages, if you managed a football club for (laughs) 15 games, you'd have a better win percentage in front of the ball? Yeah, just like going, just go out there and express yourself, lads. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what you're doing. I Especially don't want to like, it. <laughs> yeah. Especially with Netherlands or something like that. Surely you can go and yeah, last but, more than 15 games. It's total football, guy. You don't even have a position. Just fucking yeah. run around, get the ball <laughs> in the net. That's it. Yeah, just me, just playing Patrick Van Arnold everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe maybe bring on Gyro once every four months because you've remembered he exists. Mm. Well, take, talking to teams that play in orange, the Palace youth team has drawn Hull away in the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. Another really tough draw. Yes. Um, I admit I thought it was filed when you asked me if I'd see the draw just because I knew it was some Northern team. I think filed are a Northern team. They sound like a Northern team. Filed are a Northern team, but no, we'll um, be getting mauled by the Tigers. Mauled by the Tigers. Um, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. Like We're just going to the complete opposite end of the country to where we went for the last round, aren't we? Plymouth to Hull. Um, yeah. I did read, actually, uh, there's someone who on the BBS who watches a lot of the academy games... I unfortunately didn't get to see the game against Plymouth. But they were saying that it was interesting to see how the young players did on like a, a bigger pitch than they used to play in. And they looked a little bit like it took them quite a while to get used to it. So I wonder if they'll, you know, if they're playing at the KC Stadium, if that'll make a difference. Yeah, maybe they do need some more practice on the pitch, pitches at the training ground or something. Um yeah, I don't. Yeah, As we've we've repeatedly said it now. We're really hoping for a bit of a run in that cup to show some some progress for the academy. So mm. uh, look out for that one. I think it's going to be in twentieth of January, somewhere around then is when that fixture will take place. Um, they might be wearing the fourth kit. Who knows? Only yeah. a thousand released. So if you haven't got your hands on one yet. Get one. All proceeds go to all profits. All of them will go to the Palace for Life Foundation. And there's a bit of a continuing theme behind the design of the kit and the foundation, Heskiff. Yeah, I quite like the kit. I must say, I quite like the kit. Uh, and the women's team wore it for their game at the weekend. I think it looked pretty good. But it definitely does look just like the t-shirt that we got for the Marathon March. Hmm. Um, so you know. Terence, Albert and I made it look good. They saw those photos. They were like, right, the design is in. <laughs> it's definitely um, us, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're welcome, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I got one. Um, a little bit pricey, but 
you know, money to a good cause and all that probably won't ever come out of the box. I think they're all boxed and numbered. Oh, so cool. no personalization though. So unfortunately we can't all get Mateta on the back. Oh, got it. <laughs> mm, but so yeah that's uh available now in the club shop and online so yeah i say proceeds to the palace for life foundation so good cause there might need the money to be honest if john texter keeps going the way he is <laughs> he's had a, he's had another blow up this if you don't follow botafogo's season has finished they blew a 15-point lead at the top of the league. <laughs> uh, throwing away a 3-0 lead once to lose 4-3. Yeah. They also missed a penalty in that game at 3-1. <laughs> they threw away a 3-1 lead to lose 4-3. And then I think in five, four times in five games, they conceded equalizers in 90-plus minutes. <laughs> to throw away this 15-point lead and actually then end up falling out the uh, Copa Libertadores places, which is the Champions League equivalent, to finish fifth. Texas taking it well. <laughs> yeah, so um, after he after that match that, that you just mentioned there, the Palmeiras match where he went off on TV about what a disgrace it was and everything's corrupt and all the rest of it, as we talked um, about on the pod. So as we talked about on the pod. Um, the, the, the latest is him taking that a bit further. So doubling down. Uh, he's doubled he's doubled down. He's not backed down, he's doubled down. Um he had in his rant post match, he had a go at um forgive my pronunciation, Ednaldo Rodriguez, who was at the time the head of the Brazilian FA saying, you know, he's corrupt and all this, that and the other. This Rodriguez guy has now started legal action against Texter for accusing him of corruption and theft. He is no longer the boss of the Brazilian FA because of another dispute that has nothing to do with Texter. And in the meantime, Texter has now gone to the Brazilian court to either annul the results of the last six matches <laughs> or have them replayed in January because he says that it was max, that, that the matches were fixed Apparently, the courts then came back in less than a day to tell him no and to basically to piss off. So now he's taking his appeal to the civil courts in Brazil. So I'm not saying that he's a sore loser, but the fact that he's going to a second set of courts to try and turn around a season where his team had a, at one point apparently had a 13-point lead at the top of the table, it's not going well for him. He's, um, he doesn't just sound like Donald Trump. He's gone on with Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, at least Leon are doing well. Oh no, they're still bottom. Oh, do you know what? I was uh, over the last week when Botafogo lost their last game. Molenbeek lost. Palace lost, and then Leon ruined it. Ah. Lacazette, Lacazette got a hat trick, and our boy. Jake O'Brien got an assist as well. I think up until <laughs> up until that, Jake O'Brien was their top scorer <laughs> with three. With three, yeah. He's, which is which is quite palace to be fair. He knocked two in in one game, didn't he? And yeah, and then so he's got three goal involvements in the last two games. <laughs> it's not bad. Yes. I, I mean, he doesn't get in our team, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, he 
he definitely doesn't. Unless we he can do special doesn't. teams and bring him on for attacking corners and then take him back off. I don't yeah, know. just roll him back off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Mm. So we can probably kiss any money from Texter goodbye in January if we wanted to bring in some signings, but it looks like loans are on the menu instead mm. with Parrish. Where says, I don't know if he's directly quoted in an Evening Standard article, but it's there suggesting that we're going to go into the loan market for experienced players in a couple of positions. Yeah. Um, I mean, with more injuries happening over the last week, as we've seen, we definitely are in need of them. Uh, I don't, I don't know how happy people are going to be with them being loans. Um, I think we got, did, did we got Lekonga on loan, didn't we, in January, and that we didn't did, really yeah. do anything. But then, to be fair, we also bought Ahamada, and he's barely played either. So maybe it doesn't matter if it's a loan or a purchase. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something that we need to do. I think the last time we had a really big. January window from memory was the Allardyce one when we bought when we got Sacco in and that sort of turned turned the season around a bit. Um, but typically we don't really like to spend money in January, do we? So I can believe the loan thing, unfortunately. Mm. I I guess it makes sense in the sense in the positions that we need to bring them into. Mm-hmm. So in terms of central mid, we've got Lerma, we've got Decore, we've got Hughes, we've got two, well, one of them long-term injured, Lerma potentially out for a bit with a hamstring strain. Yeah. So you need cover, you only really need temporary cover in that area, so I get it. Um, Left back, I mean, arguably we do need competition for Ty anyway. Mm-hmm. So you'd, if you're going to sign a permanent one, it should probably be there. Yeah. Or right back, you know, either full back. Ideally, someone who can play both, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, at the same time. Uh, <laughs> no, so it's it's unsurprising. It's uninspiring, but it's unsurprising. Just give us another lone player to fall in love with. Yeah. Conor Gallagher's oh, well. obviously been linked with moves away from Chelsea this week, given that they want to cash in on him because they think that they can overcharge for him effectively, which... I mean, A, he's not going to want to come to us, and B, we're not going to no. pay the money that they want, given those sort of quotes. So. Will it stop Parrish, though? You know Parrish has had a phone call. He's put a call in. <laughs> he's going to do what he did with Mamadou Sacco. Panic. Yeah. I've got to buy him. I've got to buy him or we're going down. I mean, he's probably right, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, uninspiring, but not really surprising, I guess. Um, the only other no. news in that article was... If Matessa does go, and Frankfurt is where he's been linked, um, apparently they don't head the ball in the German league, so he's golden. Yeah. <laughs> no, so if he goes, we'll replace him, which would, I guess, be have to be a permanent because you can't get more yeah. than two loans. So. I love that Frankfurt just beat Bayern Munich 5-1 at the weekend. Do you know what we need? What, cherry on the cake here? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Literally I mean, looking I, a bit like a cherry on the cake with his bald head. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think we need another striker anyway. Obviously, we're probably not going to buy another one on top of him, but he was linked away quite a fair bit in the summer, wasn't he? So apparently the Bundesliga love him. Uh, mm. So if he does go, 
I wonder if we'll, we'll try and go back in for that PSG guy, the EKTK guy, mm. or whether we've because I haven't really seen this link to anyone else. Yeah, um, maybe we do, we do. We do seem to like just having the same targets on like a rolling three year basis. So like Bubakar Kamara will come back up somewhere. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. Omar Nias scored a hat trick for Macclesfield the other day. Oh, <laughs> roll it back. Get him might in. His, it might have been his debut as well. God, Omar Nias. Yes, that's crazy. How much did they pay for him? I know it was a lot of money, wasn't it? It was. It was. It's it, like it's mad. Like even some of the, I mean, some of the other loans. You had Chenk Tosin. I think mm. when they bought when they bought him Everton, it was like fifteen million quid. Yeah. Chank Tosin. I'm, I'm, where is he now? He must be back in Turkey. He's back in Turkey. I think he was one of the top scorers in Turkey last year. Is behind he, Denver Bar. Is he out there punching referees? Did you see this? Oh my God, I did. I mean, um, as pissed off as... He's at Besiktas, by the way. As pissed off as we were with Madley on the weekend. And I don't think I'd quite go to the extent of condoning... Who would it be? Who would Al Quinn be? Our club president? Club president? I don't know. Just it's basically like Parrot riding on and just twatting him. I was going to say. Do you know at this point probably John Texter? <laughs> I could definitely see it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I'd like and bang out like just bang out of order. I um, did just see someone dig a little kick in when he was on the floor as well. Like. Yeah, I saw. I saw a picture of him um, after, like when he got back up the ref, and his eye was absolutely fucked like immediately i think he broke his orbital bone or something yeah absolutely wasted him um yeah it's bad isn't it terrible the guy's, yeah. the guy's already resigned and apologized and whatever but i think the police have him basically yeah yeah so they're gonna make an example of him that's for sure but they they did suspend the league but they've, they've said now he's gonna get back underway after just one week yeah. i was i was eyeing up a wilfred zaha loan in january <laughs> Yeah, exactly. now at the Champions League be like oh hello we we figured out our left wing problem replacing <laughs> Wilf um, we're bringing back Wilf <laughs> I'd love it mate I'd absolutely love it he's got no he's football like, to play <laughs> you've done your Champions League you got that out of your system come back and help keep us up again please mate thanks yeah I watched the game last night Galatasaray against Copenhagen how was it they did a number of, it was, it's nuts really that you know He's been plodding away at Palace for all those years, and then he goes in the Champions League, and they're triple marking him out of the game. It's just like really, they were all over him like a rash. Every time he got the ball, they just didn't give him a second to breathe. But they Galatasaray took him off, and I just, I just don't like they. I don't think they get that when it's a game that means a lot to him. Yeah, he can come up with the goods. Oh, yeah. He just Out finds a way. So, yeah, yeah I, I think they should have left him on. But the moment they subbed him off was the moment I turned that game off. Yeah, done. <laughs> Don't care. He's he's one well and truly the one Paddis player, ex-Paddis player that I've gone, no, I'm still going to watch him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch the game yesterday, but... Like, I'm checking the scores all the time, seeing, oh, make sure he's played. Oh, he's back from injury. You know, like, I've kept, kept tabs on him the whole time. So, mm. yeah, can't be, can't be mad at him. Glad he's doing well. Glad yeah. he's doing well for a team that is not going to affect Palace. 
<laughs> Until we get in the Champions League. Exactly. Well, we've put it off long enough. We've got to get into the Liverpool game now. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, Andrew Madley, the referee, has stolen, stolen the headlines. Sending off Ayu. Yeah. Booking, booking eight, well, giving Palace eight yellow cards, two of them, two of them to Ayu, one of them to Roy, no less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, funnily enough, in his TNT post-match interview said, I probably deserved mine, so I wonder what he said. I'd like to hear what he said. Yeah. Um, but was it, is it a case of just us being butthurt because we lost or, you know, everyone points at a foul count being the same and us having, you know, eight yellows versus their two and their two just being after was an injury time. Um, or, or do we have genuine reason to be pissed off in the fact that he decided to book a player for pretty much everything when they were wearing a red and blue shirt? I've, well, <laughs> I mean, obviously I'm a, a bit biased on this, but I genuinely think we have a reason to be pissed off. One of the things that I thought when I came out of the game was that it didn't feel like a dirty game. You know, we've had games where we've been like, all right, we've clearly been told rattle them or whatever, get into them. And it's like fiddly fouls or like you're just clattering people. But that, it, like, it didn't feel like that sort of game. Um, and like you say, when, when you have the same amount of fouls for both teams... Neither team is going in especially hard or dirty. To have one team come out of eight bookings and the others come out with two, like you say, both of which were really late on from what I remember, it's just a nonsense. And, you know, especially I use two, where the first one he gets done for blocking the ball or whatever from a quick free kick, where when I've seen the replay, he literally he literally gets his foot out of the way of the free kick and it doesn't touch him. So I get that this whole, like, he wasn't 10 yards away. But when, I think it was Van Dyke takes it quickly on purpose and he still manages to get out of the way. It honestly baffles me that he's been booked for getting in the way when he didn't. And then the second one, I mean, the second one to me is a shoulder to shoulder. If it's a foul, it's it's sort of, you go, oh, all right. But it's definitely not a booking. And to hear a lot of pundits and that come out and be like, well, how's that a booking? Do you know what, as well, and this is going to sound like I'm trying to stoke a fire or something or whatever, but I thought it in the stadium as well. And then when I watched the replay back, it confirmed it for me. He wasn't going to book him until it was realised it was Ayu. Yeah. He wasn't going to book him. He had no interest in booking him and then looked over, saw it was Ayu, and then was like, oh, I can send him off here. That is honestly what it felt like. Yeah, I I honestly wouldn't be surprised. And it, like, it, like it's, it's very, as soon as it happens. Where's John Texter? Where's John Texter? Yeah, John, get on the pitch. Will he back me financially if I start being, <laughs> yeah. saying libel stuff? <laughs> Can you, have you got enough money left for our court bills or just your own? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's really annoying. It's really annoying, man. And, you know, other things that come out of it, and this is not, it's not anyone's fault or whatever, and it is just like, bad luck on our part but you know we got given that penalty in the first half which obviously then gets rescinded but Edouard takes a clattering and I mean I don't know if that was why he went off injured but I wouldn't be completely surprised 
and the booking that their player got for that foul is rescinded. Mm. So we've just ended up with no penalty, another injury, which little did we know was not the last injury of the game. And then that sending off. And as soon as that sending off happened, I was like, well, that's it then. Like that, you know, we know we're not going to win this game. And, and I don't mean that like Palace will fold because I, I thought up until that point, we'd actually played really well. And I actually would say we were pretty good value for going 1-0 up. But even like the penalty against JP where he gets fucking punted in the air, I don't think the guy got booked for that. No. Nope. There were, when JP was stood waiting to take the penalty, Alexander-Arnold and Van Dyke were up in his face. The referee moved Van Dyke away and Alexander-Arnold was crouching in his ear, giving him shit. And I'm like, that that's the clearest yellow card for like dissent or whatever. Dissent doesn't have to be to the referee or gamesmanship or whatever. And it's just like, obviously this is probably me exaggerating, but sometimes with games like that, and I felt it a little bit after the Villa game away this year, when I'm just like, what? I don't understand the point. Like, what's the point of us playing well and trying and giving it a go, which we did. And especially after that Bournemouth game, I thought we were like so much better. But it's like, what's the point? Because all that's going to happen is this fucking ref is going to be a dickhead change the game for like no reason like that that foul didn't deserve a second yellow and then you know even book roy who all right he said he probably deserved it he must have said something but jürgen klopp is doing fucking star jumps in our technical area and running on the pitch at one point in the game doesn't get booked (laughs) stuff like that It's it's just like i just sort of think what's the point you know it's hard to say there isn't some kind of bias, subconscious or otherwise. I'm not sure it's particularly subconscious. I think in certain certain games and with certain people, it's very conscious. But like, it's just sort of like you're just going to decide that right, Palace aren't going to do it today, and not just Palace, like smaller teams. You know, mm. Wolves had a penalty given against them this year, and Gary O'Neill said he went into the restroom after the game say can you just please just explain why you gave it and apparently the ref just kept going it's a penalty it's a penalty and he was like yeah but can you explain why it's a penalty to me please and they just won't do it so it's not even really like he doesn't have to answer to anything you know Mm. the fact that Roy came out after the game and was like I'm not going to miss football after 40 plus years of being in it and the, and the woman said, like, oh, why? what, what are you going to miss? And, or what are you not going to miss? And he just said, the referee. I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, for as much as we're saying Roy has been snippy about us post-season, to have someone who's been a manager and been in football for that long basically say, like, You're, this is ruining the game, it's pretty damning. Like, mm. Yeah, so a lot of interest stuff here. So I, a couple of things that... I thought about Madley and football, football referees as a whole, really, of not really understanding the game as well as they should. That endo was fucking dog shite for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And you know, fair play to Klopp for realising it and yanking him at half time because he was one of the worst players I've seen at Sellers in a while. And we realised it quickly and Hughes just was all over him like a rash all the time. He just kept yeah. copying the ball up. 
that guy was looking for the foul and laid down the moment he felt yes. the slightest of touches. It's not a clear and obvious error. He should have no. trusted his eyes what he saw on the pitch and not gone back to the screen. And, and, and then you know, I was like, where's fucking Darren England when you need him? Because he wouldn't have opened it. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm not having any of that. I just don't think it's a foul. But I can see why he's given it as a foul. Mm. It's, it's very borderline, though. But is that clear and obvious? I, especially... I don't especially- when he takes that long to look at it. Mm. Like, I, I also feel like I can see if he'd have given the foul, you could be like, all right, well, if he's given those fouls, he's given them. But to, when you see the replay, when they showed it on the screen during the game, like you say, that endo was on his way down anyway. Yeah. And if the referee who was pretty close, I mean, I think he was fucking five, 10 mm. yards away from it, gives it and then spends five minutes. I mean, it probably went five minutes, but a long time looking at the telly. How clear and obvious can it be? Yeah, I don't like his angle was obviously wrong because he was he was directly in line with behind Hughes. So I know uh, basically if he was there and he was reading the game right and saying, you know what, this endo has been caught in session so many times, it's probably not a foul. He should have started his fucking instincts because he yeah. was right because he was fucking useless. So that's annoying. Then secondly, the what. The two, and this happens repeatedly when we play against teams in the top four or five in the division. All of their cynical fouls take place on the edge of our penalty area or 30 yards from our goal. And referees not understanding the game of a team playing a low block like us in these sort of games, that's where we build our counterattacks and that is where we're dangerous, which is why they counterpress and foul in those situations if they can't win the ball back. Yeah. And Canate came on and did it twice in a space of about three minutes, just absolutely flattened the player from behind both times. No booking. Yeah. After he's just shown that he's willing to book Ayu on the halfway line for a fraction of the contact. Yeah, exactly. When there's still half the pitch to go to goal. Like, it's, mad- it's, it's just it's madness. Like they re- referees really need to look at that teams getting fouled cynically like that just because there's the whole pitch behind them. It doesn't mean anything. The team's tactics there is where that's where the important phase of play is. Doesn't matter what you think that that's some rule says they're 70, 80 yards from goal, so it can't be given as a yellow card. Nonsense. Klopp knows exactly what he's doing by telling yeah. his players to foul there. And I think yeah. I've said this before in previous pods. Like it just annoys the hell out of me. Because how are we supposed to build counterattacks? We can't we can't do it because we're just allowed to our players just allowed to get fouled. At amount of times we've seen in the past Zaha get rugby tackled in those situations. Exactly. Yeah, completely. Just, completely. Mm. <sighs> so ha- have I, we got I, over I, it? No, I we haven't. I said I was over it, no. Um okay, well we we do score, we do take the lead. Mateta from the penalty spot now mm. I w- you said you was really nervous and didn't think he was scoring for a minute I'd actually seen him score penalties in the Bundesliga so I knew I knew he knew how to take a penalty good <laughs> good start I've seen quite a few people tweet about it someone next to me in the stadium I can't remember who said it but immediately was like I'm getting Benteke vibes here <laughs> Uh, who was that again? Was that Bournemouth? Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth, it was, yeah. Uh, but 
Mateta immediately went to the penalty spot and stood there and with the ball and whatever. He should have just been left alone at that point, right? No yeah. one should be going over and having an argument with him. Felt felt weird that Ayu and Wally were over there trying to take the ball away from him. Yeah, uh, agreed. I think it's one of those where I think with the Benteke one, it's like we've got a designated penalty taker, right? So we had Luca. Or mm. if we were playing, like if Ebbs was on the pitch or if Eddie was on the pitch, he'd be like, okay, them two are taking it. But with them not playing, I don't. I wouldn't have said we've got someone who you know is going to take the penalty. So, like you say, Mateta gets up, stands in the by the penalty spot with the ball, just let him take it, just let him take it. Because I guess the only other, you know, if you if you keep moaning at him or trying to get the ball off him, you're more likely to be putting him off and putting doubts in his head than you are if you just let him get on with it. So, thankfully, mm. it wasn't a Benteke moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't think he was going to score. But then I think we're going to miss most of our penalties, to be honest. So. <laughs> yeah. um, arguably, well, I mean, not not arguably, Allison has made two ridiculous saves in that game. Yes. Uh, you can argue that Lerma should have tucked it away more <laughs> in the corner, didn't even need to hit the corner, just the other third of the goal and it's a goal. You can argue that Anderson was one hundred percent being fouled when he headed it, so couldn't oh, get as 100%. much couldn't get as much power on it. I mean, how that's how VAR's not looked at it. I don't know. Was he offside? Uh, that's the only thing I can think in my mind. Was he offside? But yeah. they didn't. They, there's no way they could have checked that quick enough. Surely, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean that that say because that obviously where the corner he headed it. And where yeah, Alison right saved where it, are, it was right, yeah. right by me, and like I was only it was a split second, but I was like, "Fuck, that's a goal!" And like when it didn't go, like I could not believe it didn't go in. Uh, it, was a, it was a brilliant save. Right, you know, um, well, it's, it took it's it's taken a few weeks. It's bit it's all his delivery's been a bit off, but at least they finally now is across and oh. right on. But yeah, that still image of Seb. That Seb take, took the Palace photographer. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't just cast him with Palace photographer guys all over the world taking pictures. <laughs> yes, but, uh, does a lot of Palace. Uh, great picture if you haven't seen it of Anderson's shirt basically being about four yards behind him yeah, <laughs> as he's trying to, it, as he tries to head the ball home. It's being pulled so much that the blue half of the shirt is white because it's been yeah. stretched so much. It's it's honestly mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of thing where you know when he gets you see those every once in a blue moon they'll give that as a penalty, and all the, everyone will comment being like, "Yeah, that this is, should be given us," but like it's blatant and it never gets given. You see stuff like that. I'm like, how the fuck does that not get given or even looked at? I mean, if they did look at it, they didn't say they were looking at it. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah mind I mean, you, say so, that it's hard to know in the stadium because we're always true. about. They've already made decision by the time we get the graphic on the screen and get that vroom, whatever that sound is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Checking penalty. <laughs> they probably confirmed that it wasn't it wasn't a shirt pull when we were like half fifteen minutes out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously after Ayu goes off, doesn't take them long to equalise. It's like literally seconds. Uh 
I mean, if it doesn't go in off a massive deflection off client, it's 100% a penalty from Chell Ward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, all drops. But hey, we could have saved a penalty. So Exactly. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, thinking about that logically, though, that probably Joel will probably get sent off because he was already on a yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, so we're down to so nine. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think about that. No. So it's so easy to get blinded. I mean, the only thing that surprises me is that Madley didn't book him anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that's a yellow. Yeah. And then it, it went from bad to worse when Johnston gets off, goes off injured. Yeah. So we now got right. Ayu suspended. Yeah. Lerma injured. Johnston injured. Maybe Edouard injured. injured. Bramie Matthews makes his Premier League debut at 29. Um, yeah. Starts starts off with a, <laughs> it's a quite funny, decent save at the near post. Mm. Someone absolutely, it turned out he was joking, like turned around fuming, yeah. like, he's got to roll down. He's <laughs> <laughs> got like 200 miles an hour. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a shame, a shame really, but I mean, it's a nice goal from Elliot, but you really want a Premier League goalie to be saving it. Yeah. Which feel, I, I, mean, feel, I know that it's ultra critical and very, very harsh, but yeah, he didn't get any spring in his dive whatsoever, did he? Maybe he was a bit unsighted. I don't know, but you know, I'm, I'm very think, happy. Like I'm, I'm made up for him getting onto the pitch and making his debut, Premier League debut, because mm-hmm. he's clearly very liked off the pitch. Yeah. Very big, big character. Um, so yeah, really, really made up for him and yeah, it is overly critical, but it's just, we look at things when it's a 91st minute losing goal against us. That's all. Yeah. True. <laughs> and he's got, listen, he's got a much easier game coming up, so I'm sure he'll be piece of piss. Yeah. So it's into Man City. doesn't get any easier. Hope is springs eternal. Maybe Harlan's out. Maybe um, Doku's out. Doku, Doku, Doku. Uh, Doku, I think. Yeah. So potentially those guys are out. Obviously, City have got fixture pile up galore at the moment. Champions mm. East night or earlier today on the night of recording, Wednesday, thirteenth of December. Although they did play quite a few kids in that one. And then us on the weekend, and then they go out to Saudi Arabia, is it, for the World Club Cup? Oh, God, is that thing back, is it? Mm. Bit um, bigger, larger format as well. Of course it is. Weirdly, yeah. And <laughs> Why not? And Weirdly enough, I care even less about it. The bigger it gets, the less I care. <laughs> um, so you won't be watching yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like they, yeah, they obviously do have a lot of fixtures coming up, but they also do have a very good squad. And you know, when your replacement for Haaland is Alvarez, who won the World Cup, and you can play like Bernardo Silva or fuck, I don't even whoever whoever they play, I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, yeah. Wow, but it's it, it's one of those though, isn't it? Like the we're going to lose anyway, so anything that we get out of it. Is a bonus. More, more injuries. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> other than that, it, it's funny you say about that depth. 
my boss at work is a Manchester City fan from Manchester, been a fan, seems to get older his whole life. His dad took him from the moment he could walk. <laughs> he honestly, in our one-to-one earlier this week, Talk to me for five minutes solid about how City have got no depth, <laughs> and that's what's going to cost them cost them titles this season. Okay, now, and it wasn't until about four minutes into that five minute rant where he said, "I know this must sound ridiculous to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it must." But he's like, "We sold a lot of our depth, and I, I guess it is true to an extent." And he's just like, "You know, when you got Calvin Phillips just sitting on the bench and can't even get on." And, you know, all we've got basically is defenders and defensive midfielders. We haven't got yeah. anything in the final third of the field when it starts to go wrong. And, and I suppose, just... yeah, because who's got, who, if you look at who's gone, like Gundogan went, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Mares, I guess, went. Mares went, yeah. So you, did you and did, they haven't did you really just, replaced them. Did you just wait for him to finish talking and then just say James Tompkins and leave the room? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did just chuckle and just be like, mate we're we're literally having to play children yeah (laughs) because we've got no one else you're doing all right (laughs) it'd be be interesting to see what the lineup i mean he'll have to bring elise back from the start i know that the sports scientists or whatever medical team are like don't play him from the start against liverpool as you said when you were like he's come back from six months out and we've played him every single second of the games that he's been available for. Um, but then with Ayu out, it's like, might we see Ahamada start a game? Might we see Francia get on for 10 minutes? Who knows? No. <laughs> there we go. That's the short answer. Yeah. It's going to be gyro, probably in oh, there. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. Did, a, did a good job against City once upon a time, I guess. He did. But no, look, it's basically in his post-match interview against Liverpool, Hodgson said it's effectively impossible now. Yeah, yeah. So he's obviously going to go there with damage limitation in mind and just try try not to get absolutely pounded, I imagine. Try not to get any more injuries before bloody Brighton. Mm. But then... I want to end on talking about Hodgson's post-match interview against mm-hmm. Liverpool, which has resonated with a lot of people. Palace fans actually, after, I mean, you even sort of mentioned it earlier in this pod, after him, a lot of post-match interviews where we've not been happy with him and he's been going after fans, going after young players. Everyone's a bit more empathetic towards this, but, it is effectively in the same mould of what he's been doing mm. all the way through the season of he's spiky, he's pissed off, he's annoyed. But it's just this time he's going after a common enemy. <laughs> yeah, he's actually going after fans and the youth players. So as much as, you know, if you think about when he's if you, in that interview, he's talking to Peter Crouch about Van Dyke kicking the ball. And he's like, really jittery like look t- yeah. keeps turning back to him keep turning back to him almost like daring peter crouch to argue back with him or something like that yeah or just like you know, i just I, I i think for his health <laughs> he needs to just pack it in it's meant it's yeah. mental. I, I i think a lot of it even though like you say his last sort of rant was 
not about his own team. It was about the referee and the state of VAR and all that sort of shit. It all still stems, I think, and we, we've said this a few times in the past few pods, but like it just feels like he, like he's just not, I don't know how to say it, like he's just not into it this season. Like it's just a bit too much and he's just almost like fucking like, why, why am I getting all this shit? You know what I mean? Like, and we've said it before he got appointed for this season. We were like, he had his 10 games at the end of last year. Now you can actually retire. You can enjoy your retirement. And it's sort of like he, it feels like he was going to enjoy his retirement. And now he's just like, for fuck, like I could be retired. I could be on a beach and everything's annoying. And I think it all sort of, like, obviously I don't know. Maybe I'm talking nonsense, but it, it does seem like it does feel like he's just sort of had enough. Mm-hmm. And I think for the good of everyone, himself, the club, us lot, just retire, man. Just, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm not like getting at him. Oh, you, he's old and all that sort of shit. I don't care about any of that. But just, it just feels like he's over it a bit, yeah. you know? <clears throat> yep. As are we. No. <laughs> that's harsh that's harsh but probably true um yeah it's it's been tough on him i think that you know injuries really haven't helped probably probably were a signing or two short going into the season which has probably annoyed him as well so it's just there's plenty of reasons why it's just not the feel-good factor it was at the back end of last season Mm -hmm. and it's a shame um and i think a year's in a year's time, once all is said and done, and he's he's retired and whatever, he'll be will be looked back on fondly in the main for what he's achieved at Palace. But yeah, at, I at think the so. moment he's just you know he's pissed off too many people this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so, <laughs> including Howard Webb after that interview. I imagine, but <laughs> got no comments from him. So, right, that's a lot for this week. We haven't really. We haven't decided yet what we're going to do for the coming weeks, have we? Because we get into the sort of festive break. Mm. Um, so I think the idea next week is we might, we might, might do a Brighton pod depending on the result, but then we'll definitely be off the following week. Mm-hmm. So, but we might be off for two weeks. So just have a look around in your inboxes and see if it pops up. Look at our socials at Winging It CPFC on your on your socials for any updates on that. And then hopefully Albert will be in tow as well. But who knows? Any hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, good luck to the boys on the weekend. Hopefully we can find Keep a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Find a miracle. Get something. And um, if we don't speak to you before Brighton, hopefully that's where we actually, you know, can find, you know, we've got to take take heart from the Liverpool performance. It was mm. good. Although the devil on one shoulder does say um, Liverpool were also very shit for 60 minutes. Yes. They were. <laughs> but, you know, there's an element that we played them into that position, so... You know, it was a much, much better performance, chalk and cheese compared to uh, the Bournemouth game. So, and pretty much went in defeat about as well as it could have done for Roy. Really, you know, can feel hard done by 
can have a go at the ref everything was basically about as perfect as it go for him so hopefully that will get some momentum behind him as well when things will start to pick up okay so thanks Heskiff thanks to man thank for you and um, thanks to the Breaking Saints lads for the theme tune which is called Why on all your musical outlets and until next time up the palace